the path doesn't have to be straight. We have enough information that we can value courage. You're listening to the We Get Real AF podcast, exploring the future with trailblazing women and girls in emerging tech, XR, AI, and futurism. Science and technology are reshaping our world at lightning speed. Engage in conversations that'll spark your curiosity and challenge what you thought possible. Inventing tomorrow starts now. And here are your hosts, Vanessa Alava and Sue Robinson. Welcome to the We Get Real AF podcast. Nearly 50 million Americans are over the age of 65, and we wanted to find out how they're using technology and how technology can help them find better health, happiness, and connection in the senior years. To get some insight, we're joined today by the amazing Kyle Robinson. Kyle is co-founder of WellZesta, a technology platform that empowers seniors to thrive with tools to measure all aspects of their wellness, and it helps them stay connected to the people and passions that matter most to them. Welcome, Kyle. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. We are so excited to have you here today, and I have to say, I love that you use the word thrive in your mission statement, because I think that is almost countercultural when you talk about aging. Tell us a little bit about um, your background and how you got into the senior living industry. Well, for the last 20 years, I've spent the majority of my career in senior living, had the opportunity to grow up in the industry, and have helped work uh, senior living communities across the country as they try to reach and connect with senior adults in their life. And about five years ago, had the chance to kind of take a step back and look at how the senior living organizations across the United States were both communicating and how they were talking about health and wellness and decided to start a company, WellZesta. And we're a health tech company that really specializes in bringing communication and wellness together in a technology platform for seniors. Kyle, it seems like the word wellness has come up kind of maybe in like the past 10 years. And I'm wondering if you could define for us what the difference is between health and wellness, or are they the same thing or is wellness, does that encompass more? Great question. The, uh, you know, health and wellness, when we talk about health, it tends to be things that, um, number one, you can measure. And also it tends to be thinking, talking about what is taken away. So um, things that we cannot do that either happen over time as we age or happen um, when we get sick. Wellness on the flip side is about what are the possibilities? What can we do? And it really embraces a kind of whole person. So we look at, um, for example, eight dimensions of wellness. So wellness being really the whole, your whole being, your personal life, your vocational wellness, your intellectual, spiritual, that body, mind, spirit uh, connection. And then what are the, what are the possibilities? So one of the things that is kind of interesting about it is people tend to measure what we can't do. And then with wellness, we're always looking at what we can do, but you can actually measure that as well from a data perspective. I think that this is such a unique space and for you to have had the insight during grad school for the, you know, your background um, and your interest in senior care and living to connect the dots with, oh, technology and merging that into a demographic that 
we usually, our perception is, doesn't really embrace technology very well. Is there fear of tech in the older generations? Well, we work with people from anywhere from age uh, 62 to the oldest I've worked with is 102. And that is something that we address uh, at the very onset in order to get strong engagement with all of our products is let's just help eliminate whatever fear or anxiety there is. And we have different ways of doing that. But the main way is through connection, just talking to people, finding out what their interests are, finding out what they what makes them happy, what they enjoy reading or looking at and starting there and showing how technology can help them in that application of their life. One example is a gentleman who was in his late 90s who I worked with and he was fearful of using um, both an iPad and his mobile phone in order to connect and started talking to him about what he enjoyed. And he was an avid uh, bird watcher. And he was, you know, said that he had always loved being outdoors and birding. And so I, I said, well, let's download this app on um, birds. And there's an app that you could just download that has the different types of birds across the world. It would, you, you tap the button and it would make the sound, the chirping noise so he could identify who it was, gave the colors, and he just lit up at that. And that's where we started. I love that. How long of a time frame or an adjustment period from the time that you find a very um, resistant or reticent person who's a little fearful or has some anxiety about adopting the technology to completely embracing it? Because you say you like he lit up with that one app. So from being really fearful to completely embracing it and showing you apps that he's downloaded or, you know, being able to FaceTime on his own, his grandkids, mm -hmm. you know, what does mm -hmm. that time frame look like? Well, I think there are different stages. Uh, there are some you see it happen within hours. But I would say the majority, whenever we talk to um, a, a senior adult of any age and they're reticent about using technology, we, we usually say, give it 14 days and then come back. So it's almost two weeks. I mean, there's some, you know, rolls of thumb, 30 days, you can change a habit, those kind of things. Um, really about two weeks. And I would say usually within the first three to four days, they come back with a different mindset. So it's usually faster than that, but we say give it two weeks. And I would say typically mm, three to five days. <laughs> That's awesome. That's mm -hmm. so great to hear. Yeah. Walk us through what your platform does. The products that we're most known for are products that the senior adults use themselves. Um, our kind of signature product is called Wells Esta Life, and it does a few different things. It, one, it helps with bi-directional communication. And so most of the people that live at communities like this are very sophisticated, have led amazing lives. And what we wanted to do was bring communication to that same sophistication level, but also keep it very um, much so they can use it on a daily basis. So on a daily basis, uh, if you are using Wells Esta Life, you may wake up and start your day that way. Some people call it their breakfast companion, uh, and you can find out 
everything that's happening, what classes, what events are happening that day. You can tap and register for an event and you can see who else is attending. Um, it's Everything is tied to a wellness taxonomy. So not only are you looking at you know, what's happening within the community, you're also uh, you're able to measure your own health and well-being. So we tie to things to see, hey, is are the social classes, the art therapy classes I'm going to helping me more than the um, pottery class or the yoga class or the history class? And you can really begin to see what's working in people's lives. So there's a whole wellness piece to it. There's also the ability to virtually connect. So you're socially connected to each other. I could also see this in like a recovery or rehab situation, um, you know, just to engage with other people that are going through the same thing, you think same things you are. And since you're usually kind of, you know, isolated for a certain amount of time away from your family, just to be able to, to feel more comfortable engaging with other people um, that if you're not very socially um, comfortable at that moment in time because of everything you're going through, um, it could be a really interesting tool. Social isolation, as you might imagine right now, everybody's experiencing that because of the coronavirus. And we have seen a uh, double of time in app with our senior population and almost triple time in app with our staff and caregiver population. And most of it has been to use technology to connect with others. So the groups, the chat features, all of that has increased dramatically, as well as the amount of resources. So one of the things we do, we have on-demand content with, that's within the platform. And this is wellness content that we both uh, create and curate. And it is positive, happy, uh, health and wellness-oriented information. And that has been absorbed as a way to both educate and stay positive in light of all of this. And it also, people are sharing a lot more information. So the shareable, the ability to share and connect with others has been just, we've just seen it even more dramatically over the past few weeks. Powerful. Mm -hmm. Powerful. Yeah. Powerful. What about families of folks who are living in maybe assisted living or in a senior uh, retirement community, are, are the remote family members also logging in and participating in this as a way of staying connected with their loved one? Sure. Uh, family members can do that as well. When they say, how's mom doing or how's dad doing, they want to know how are they emotionally doing. And so the kind of information that we're able to capture and the ability to offer uh, connectivity that way, you can make a, you know, have informed information about how they're actually doing both, you know, emotionally and spiritually and as well as physically. I love that because I do think the senior years can feel isolated for a lot of people. Yeah, it's been interesting. The number one predictor so far, um, according to the user themselves of a to a health out a better health outcome is emotional wellness content. And so I think that's shifted quite a bit. They are craving information about things like, and how can I help my anxiety? 
um, mindful meditation, things that more are emotionally driven that they maybe did not necessarily read about, think about, talk about in their former years. So that's been very interesting. Uh, the second is the how men are utilizing the platform and how men are thinking about um, vocational wellness in particular differently at this age, um, most of because of most of them had uh, careers. Of course, women do too, but we've seen a bigger shift in um, men and how that changes as they age. And so I think this will be fascinating to watch over time because sometimes, um, quite frankly, people fall apart after they've had careers and don't know, you know, the word retire needs to be retired. And it's thinking about life in a whole new way. And so what we see is that for a period of time, especially in their 80s, their early, I mean, late 70s and early 80s, they're educating themselves. And then in the mid 80s, they actually sort of align more with where women are in their emotional and vocational journey. That's really cool. Yeah. I love the focus on what's possible. And again, kind of circling back to the beginning, um, I feel like that's countercultural. A lot of times we think of the golden years as being sort of a fading away, or at least that's sort of been culturally tra- traditional, I think. And and I love that there's a focus because people are living longer and people are living healthier and they want to live healthier. And we have these technological resources available to us, allowing them to focus on what's possible and then giving them the tools to make those possibilities a reality, whether it's learning meditation or learning about um, painting or a, a hobby that you didn't have time to to practice earlier in your life or actually being able to engage with a, an interest like birding, like the gentleman you described, through a new format, tech, technology. That's just wonderful. Certainly. Uh, one of the things, you know, we're, we're always help, trying to help people drive towards their purpose. So one of our beliefs is that when people are healthy, meaning emotionally stable, physically strong, spiritually grounded, socially connected, that they're more likely to realize their life's purpose. And if we can provide them the tools to be able to discover that, because that evolves with us over time, then they're more likely to be on whatever their life's uh, mission or life's purpose is at that moment. And so just allowing them to have that opportunity is uh, part of what we try to do on a daily basis. Hey, everybody. Sam McLean here from InPhase Audio, audio producer and editor for the We Get Real AF podcast. I'm so glad to be a part of this podcast, encouraging women and girls to step into emerging technologies and celebrating the accomplishments of those who do. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at McLean Sounds or check out my website, inphase.biz. Thanks for listening. There's another layer to this that, and it may be my background since I'm Hispanic, the, the thought of getting older and then your family potentially putting you in an assisted living or a home is frowned upon so so often because of the lack of emotional connection and the thought of that I'm going to be forgotten. So I feel that your platform and your mission, you know, kind of removes those barriers to potentially going into this type of fa- next phase of your life. 
Yeah, certainly. And we, we also allow for this in the home. So that's the, the biggest area of growth, actually, that we see is use, utilizing the platform within your own physical homes. What other emerging technologies, Kyle, do you see on the horizon? The biggest um, kind of future trend that is already happening and I think will dramatically change over time. We have, for example, a lot of AI, artificial intelligence built into the platform that will begin to predict what you might need or what you might be interested in. Um, We have a a wellness coach, a digital wellness coach called DOT. Um, Both it's a lady's name, DOT, and also is an acronym for do one thing, which is encouraging people to try something new each week to just do one new thing. So the biggest part I see is that uh, there'll be these digital coaches and digital assistants of any kind will become um, both more proactive and more predictive and be able to know more about that individual before the individual even knows it themselves. Where we sit, we are using high tech for high touch. So everything that we do has a litmus test to it. Does it either improve the individual's life and help them to reach their purpose or does it inspire inspire them? So it has to do those things. It can't just be techie for techie's sake. So it has to drive that human connection. And I, I think if it if technology is done well, that it absolutely can do that. It's never going to necessarily replace the human interaction and connection, but it can be a tremendous asset uh, in order to bring people together and in order to help, I think, on the preventative health and wellness side, especially, and assist us to make our lives um, not only easier and more convenient, but, but better and more expansive. Wow, I love that idea of using technology to make life more expansive. What a great way to end our time talking together today. Before we let you go, Kyle, we wanted to ask you a few questions that we call our lightning round. And these are just uh, things that we ask all of our guests to get to know them a little bit better. So I will start us off with asking you to finish the sentence. Women are resilient. You see it all over the world with all different ages that there's just something a little, little different about how, how women can overcome problems, challenges, and see opportunities in a different way. And it's just uh, fascinating to see how that really doesn't change no matter where you are in the world. Or if you're talking to a, you know, a child, a young female or uh, a 90 year old female. I definitely agree with you. I think the thought that goes into responses and the reasons why behind, like the intention behind things are completely different between (laughs) men and women. And you're right. It doesn't matter the age. You know, my daughter is just so, she's three now and I I see her and I, and she, the way she asks me questions or the way she responds to things is so much different than, you know, friends of mine that have, you know, boys and we're all wonderful people and humans at the end of the day. But it's just really interesting the, the differences between how our brains work. Absolutely. There's, uh, I think there's something extra that God gave females. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. 
So what are three pieces of advice, Kyle, that you'd give your younger self? Three pieces of advice I would give my younger self. One would be to start journaling earlier. I have, uh, for the last probably eight or 10 years, kept an online journal and I'm able to attach photos to it to write down its digital journal. But I have been just astounded at what I've learned by looking back and seeing, you know, where was I in my thinking or what was happening in my life five years ago and what that has taught me or um, blessings that have occurred that I can just be grateful for that if I can see phys- physically and read um, and also visually see. So I would have started journaling at a much younger age. Another, another um, thing that I would have told my younger self is to value courage, that courage is underrated and that uh, faith is your strongest weapon and just don't be afraid or ashamed or scared to be more courageous on a daily basis. And the third piece is listen to my mother, listen to your mother Probably 90% of what she said uh, is came true. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, don't roll your eyes and, uh, uh, and dismiss anything because she is giving you excellent advice. I love that. Mm-hmm. What is your current favorite application of tech for good? Uh, I've seen so many, uh, so much right now that is using tech for good, especially in light of the coronavirus. But on a personal level, I use the Calm app and I use the full version of it. Uh, it has master classes in it that both, you know, teach and educate on certain topics related to health and wellness. And I love it. We use it at our office every morning. Uh, not every morning, I should say, probably three out of five mornings. And we get together, we turn on five to 15 minutes of a meditation. And it both grounds our team and starts our day off. And so I would say the the Calm app is. I've seen that one. I'll have to check it out. I haven't. I will check it out. Mindfulness Mm -hmm. is definitely um, something that I've always like strive to, uh, to practice more every year. You know, I don't like resolutions like New Year's resolutions, but I like New Year's goals. And it's just one thing, you know, meditation and mindfulness. And it's a lot more difficult than it sounds to sit Mm -hmm. and just clear your mind and center yourself. (laughs) Because I always have things going on in my head. (laughs) Yeah, I think we spend so much of our lives reacting instead of being present and mindful and intentional. And it's, it's a discipline. It really sure, is. it's a discipline, and you can also see the effects. Uh, just like anything, as you get more used to it, you can get in the zone more quickly. And um, that app also has things for children uh, that are specific to children at certain ages. It has things like sleep stories. I will say one one uh, note of caution on that app: there are sleep stories where they will. If you're having trouble falling asleep, it will read aloud a story to you. And they have famous people or people who just have wonderful voices reading those. 
And there is one by Matthew McConaughey. And I had it on one evening. And and John, my husband, woke up and said, who is that? Where is that <laughs> voice coming from? What's Matthew but, McConaughey doing in there? Matthew here? McConaughey doing in our bedroom? Matthew's giving me a story, honey. Just please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I can I can uh, I can vouch for him. He does tell a nice uh, sleep story. (laughs) I believe it. (laughs) So what issue do you most hope technology will help resolve in the future? Aside from the coronavirus, obviously. Where I hope technology will go in the future is that it will do something. uh, It will help us to become more human. So it will actually be a connector, a human connector. So it will help us to have a greater sense of belonging together that it offers up that we're all really the same and have the same needs and desires and that we can use it for community building. I love that. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is a toughie. I don't think I could do this one, but I, I'm going to let you try, Kyle. Describe the future in one word. Interdependent, that life has become more difficult. So perhaps the future will actually show us that in order to survive and thrive, we have to become interdependent with one another. Mm. Absolutely. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, what inspires you? Well, I'm inspired on a daily basis by the people that we work with, the, especially the senior adults. I am inspired by their life of courage and by things that they have gone through and overcome, and then the willingness to share that and kind of feed it back into the system to help somebody. I'm just inspired when one person uses adversity to help another overcome that or prevent that same adversity. That is inspiring. Absolutely. Kyle, is there one thing or something that you want to learn more about? Well, I am uh, pregnant with twins, a boy and a girl. So I feel like I'm going to have a lot to learn. (laughs) And I want to learn how to be uh, a, both a, a leader and a nurturer at the same time for my children. Mm, that's beautiful. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Fill in the blank. Blank like a girl. Lead. Lead like a girl. Yes. Awesome. Definitely. Kyle, thank you so much for your time today. Tell um, our listeners how they can get in touch with you, how they can learn more about WellZesta if they're interested in learning more about your platform. Absolutely. It was my pleasure to be on today. Thank you for the opportunity and thank you for what you're doing to connect uh, technology and women and entrepreneurship. To learn more about WellZesta, simply go to wellzesta.com. It's W E L L. Z-E-S-T-A. And there are multiple ways that you can connect with us on that platform. Are there any social channels that you're personally on where people can can connect with you? LinkedIn is a great way to connect. And you can just probably type in Kyle Wellzesta. And if I'm a fe- you know one of the only female Kyles. <laughs> so LinkedIn is a great way to connect as well. 
Awesome. Great. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. We've really enjoyed our conversation. Absolutely. And we wish you all the best with your sweet babies on the way. Yes, and congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciated uh, being part of this. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of We Get Real AF. We're excited to bring you the voices of amazing women and girls who are shaping the future for good. Please help us spread the WeGraph mission of supporting women and girls in emerging tech and science. Follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Our handle is at WeGetRealAF. And visit our website at www.WeGetRealAF.com. Don't forget to like, comment, and to subscribe to the podcast. We also want to give a big shout out and thanks to Sam McLean for providing sound production for the show. You can find Sam on Instagram at McLean Sounds, that's M-C-L-E-A-N-S-O-U-N-D-S, and to our voiceover artist, Veronica Horta, for her show introduction. You can find Veronica on LinkedIn by searching for Veronica Horta, H-O-R-T-A. We'll meet you back here next time for another great conversation about high tech with cool women.